Hey, Jesus fans, welcome to True North Podcast, where we grow closer to God together. This podcast was brought to you by Solid Rock Church in Irving, Texas, and our host, Pastor Ed Snyder. To find out more about this podcast, visit our website at truenorthdfw.org. Now let's join Pastor Snyder in a new direction and a new destination. And welcome, everybody, to another great episode of True North Podcast with yours truly, your host, Pastor Snyder. I'm so glad that you're joining us today as a listener. I want to say thank you to all of our new listeners that are coming on board. Our numbers are really going up, and we are excited about that because we know the bigger the number, the more hearts we are reaching through the ministry of True North Podcast. So thank you again for joining us today. Uh, get into our True North community. Sign up for in our email list. You'll get a free ebook on how to handle toxic relationships, and uh, you will be you will be awesomized at all of the content that will be coming your way. God bless you, man. We're going to have a great time. Today is con- time to confront the beast. It is the fallout and the answer to self-identity. We're going to take a deep look into that, so get ready. Get a cup of coffee, get a pencil paper, and we'll be right back. All right, so we're back, and uh, we're going to take a look now today, and I'm going to slow it down just a little bit and talk about the fallout of emotions. We're going to be talking about, actually, our show title is Time to Confront the Beast, the Beast of Emotions, and the answer to uh, to the question of self-identity, who we are. Uh, a lot of people, and of course, in 40 years of ministry, I have met too many people that are... Um, suffering from low self-esteem. They don't know who they are. They don't know their purpose. They don't know direction in their life. And I, I, my heart to this day, after 40 years of helping people in that category, in that area, still hurts for people that are suffering from this. Really, the real reason that I understand it so deeply and feel so strongly is because I was one of those. Now, what I like to do to start out first is to give a little bit of my story. We have, we're our 30th episode into True North Podcast, which we're really excited about. And we are covering our new book, Control the Beast, A Guide to Managing Your Emotions. And for those of you, all of you are new listeners, as I mentioned in the opening, uh, we have so many new listeners that are joining True North Podcast, in which we are extremely, extremely thankful for. Uh, maybe you don't know me. Maybe you don't uh, know my background, but uh, here it goes. Just a couple of minutes to kind of get to know each other and start that relationship that we need so that we can help you become better, closer in your relationship to God, closer in your relationship to your family members, especially that of uh, your children, your spouse, and all those that are important to you. 
Uh, I grew up in a Pentecostal home. In fact, I am fifth generation Pentecostal. And uh, so, you know, that you ever, anybody that knows or familiar with Pentecost, it's, you know, it's powerful. It's anointed. It, we believe in miracles and, and it's, it's awesome. But I was the fat kid in grade school that was, believe it or not, shy and very quiet. And I was a bully magnet because because I was quiet, I was overweight, uh, sat in the back of the classroom, uh, didn't really want to get involved, but, you know, kept getting drug into it, got beat up, uh, made fun of constantly. And uh, my mother was my champion. Uh, my father was a great man, worked a lot, provide good for the family. But my mother was home when I got home from school. She was the one that built me up, that kept me really emotionally alive. I would have been probably a lot, lot worse uh, that if it wasn't for her telling me, you don't listen to them. You you and God can do anything that you set your mind to do. You're going to do great things and all of that. But I grew up, of course, in that environment every day at school uh, and even in the neighborhood. And I grew into a very bitter very angry person as a child, or excuse me, not a child child, but as a young teenager, teenager, and even on into young adulthood. Uh, I have put my fist through more walls and windows and doors than I care to remember, uh, and I do not brag about this. I am ashamed of it, but I have broken a couple of noses and knocked some teeth out because of my anger. The blessing is nobody ever called the police, uh, so I thankfully do not have a record, although I probably deserve one. And so, again, uh, being a fifth-generation Pentecostal raised in church, You know, that's just not you can't tell anybody about that. And so finally, after I got married to the love of my life and uh, and we had our first marital discussion and I put my fist through a hollow core door and unlocked it where she slammed the door in my face and locked it. Never have laid a hand on my wife at all. We've been married 40 years and very happily married. Uh from there, my wife said, I'm scared. I don't know if I can do this. You put your fist through the door. And so I pledged to get help. Anger management classes was not even in the universe. Material being printed was not on the shelves. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to do anything. I knew I was suffering. I knew I was hurting. I knew I was angry. I knew my emotions were out of control. I was the one that said, I can't control my emotions. So I went to my pastor first thing and said, hey, I got a problem. I've got an anger issue and I need help. His advice, and again, I clarify. It was great advice. He said, son, go pray and everything's going to be all right. I went and prayed and I got up and got mad again. Not that prayer does not work. Prayer does work. But the Bible says faith without works is dead. So you can't just have the faith part without the works part. So my wife and I pledged to start helping me get through this and learn from it and how to manage your your, uh, negative emotions. So again, just a little bit of my story there for all of our new listeners that have joined us here at True North Podcast that I know what I'm talking about. It's not this is not just, hey, I read a book. 
book and I want to tell you about it. I've lived the life. I know the pain. So again, let's let's get in here. And at some point in your journey uh, in managing your emotions, you have got to confront that beast. You have got to confront uh, the question of self-identity. Understand the fallout of negative emotions. And really, that's where I'm going to start. I want to give you the fallout of emotions, the places uh, of af- the aftermath of negative emotions. And then we're going to move into uh, the question of self-identity. Now, Anytime that we have, and again, for our new listeners, I want you to know that anger is a secondary emotion. There's always a primary uh, frustration, uh, depression, the big kahuna stress. If those things are not managed, it escalates to anger, anger escalates to rage, and then it gets real ugly real fast. Anytime we have an uncontrolled outburst of negative emotions, screaming, yelling, cussing, throwing things, hitting somebody or whatever, there's always an aftermath. There's always a fallout behind every episode of inappropriate expression of negative emotions. The first one, and really the most common uh, aftermath uh, of emotion, is guilt. Okay, we it's easy to feel guilty for what you've done by the inappropriately expression of your negative emotions. We feel guilty because afterwards when we settle down and we get our we get our brain back, we get our mind back and realize I shouldn't have done that. That was that was wrong for me to say or we get a reality check and realize, you know what? You weren't right in that big episode of screaming, hollering and proclaiming how right you are. You were actually wrong and now we feel guilty. So you look back and you wish you could have stopped and taking control. Anybody relate out there? Anybody understand that that emotion? We feel guilty about what we have just done or said. Now, behind guilt comes grief, which is the second fallout emotion. Behind Again, behind every episode of this uncontrolled anger comes from a common uh, period of guilt or sadness. Why Why are we feeling sad? Why are we feeling grief? Excuse me, not guilt, but grief. We feel grief. What? Well, we all know what grief is, uh, especially when when grandmother or or mother passes from this life. We grieve at their loss. That's exactly what I'm talking about, because we we either subconsciously or consciously understand and know we just lost We just killed a relationship. We just broke some major trust in a in a good friend, uh, in a family member, or perhaps in a coworker. We have just uh, depleted our credibility on the job with that inappropriate expression of negative emotions. And so it's common for us to feel sad. Perhaps we feel uh, that we have lost the confidence and the trust of that person. Whatever the case may be, there's a grieving because we understand we just majorly screwed up and now we've got to start all over again. This is the aftermath or the fallout of emotions that we feel in an uh, an inappropriate expression of anger. The next area that we feel is loneliness. You know, 
Uh, of course, people that are out of control with their emotions often feel very lonely uh, behind that mask that we wear, that we act like, oh, it doesn't matter. Now, I don't need them. You know, it, it, I, I don't need nobody. Yeah, you do. You really do. Us humans, we are built for relationships. We have to have somebody. You know, I felt lonely at school. I, I didn't have any friends. You know, again, I was a bully magnet, and the only attention I got was the fist of some stupid kid uh, or made fun of, criticized. And when I got home, my mother was there. That that was the relationship that I survived on is my mother telling me, you know, that they're lying. You don't need to listen to that. That that's not they're not they're not telling the truth. You're better than that. You're you've got greatness in you and all of that. And so, again, there's some loneliness. We, we often feel that there's no place or no one that trusts us anymore. And folks, listen to me. Listen to me very closely. When you do this too much, when you feel like you've got a right to say what you think and all of that stuff, which you do. It's not how you say it. It's what, or excuse me, not what you say, but how you say it that makes all the difference in the world. You need to understand that we keep pushing that button. We keep flipping that switch. We keep doing these 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 episodes of out of control anger or negative emotions. You will push everybody away from you. It's a given. You're going to be a lonely person because you're going to break all the trust that anybody ever had in you. Now, I know I'm I'm hitting you kind of hard, but I'll, I'll get you lifted up. I'll get you built back up before we leave today. But this is a reality check. The damage that has been done from so many episodes to so many relationships will make you feel ostracized and lonely. And of course, another emotion that we have in the fallout is exhaustion. You know, when we go through this screaming and hollering and and all this mess and we feel physically exhausted because we're putting so much incredible amounts of energy into our emotions that it's draining us physically. So suffering uh, exhaustion can lead you to feel like you're defeated. I just, I can't win. Another fallout of emotions, of course, is, and believe it or not, humor. People who are are in uncontrolled anger often hide behind the mask of humor. Okay. You know, again, let me, let me help you here. Humor is an, an ineffective way of expressing anger. Uh, it allows that person to procrastinate in dealing with it. You know, we just think we can tell a couple jokes and everything's going to be okay. Or we get sarcastic in our humor. Um, or we get uh, passive aggressive and we'll start joking around and we're really stabbing a knife in them. We're poking at them because we're upset with them. So leaving it to later and having fun humor, all it does is put the negative emotions in a slow cooker, which it turns into rage. And when that, when that pressure valve pops, honey, you've got problems. You've got big 
big problems. And so we've got to understand, and I wanted to share with you so that we can put this on the map, that we can put this on the list of the fallout of emotions when we have an inappropriate expression of negative emotions. Now, let's shift gears in in not only this is a part of confronting the beast is understanding what we're dealing with or what we're going to deal with when we are inappropriate with the expression of our of our emotions. Now, let's let's get into the question of self-identity. And when we realize our self-identity, then we can also help our self-esteem, okay? Now, um the task that we are what the the mission, the task, the purpose that we are really reaching for in this series here on True North of Control the Beast, covering uh, the new book that we have written on the Control the Beast Guide to Managing Your Emotions. You cannot rid yourself. Here's another one for all of our new listeners out there. You cannot rid yourself of a negative emotion. Well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take this and we're gonna cut this out of our of our psychic or or we're gonna cut this out off the emotional list. I'm not going to feel this emotion like anger or frustration or stress anymore. Can't be done. Uh, Anger, frustration, uh, stress. It's the same thing, uh, same pot that it comes out of as love, happiness, and joy. So again, you don't get rid of emotions. You manage those emotions. Okay. Again, balance. Balance is the key word. We have to balance our, our emotions to be able to, to control them. If, you know, if somebody is happy all the time, there, there's a problem. Okay. And I, I don't know if it was last episode in last week or the week before, but I talked about the example of a cash drawer. You know, when at the end of the night, when the cashier uh, counts out the drawer, if there's not enough money in the drawer, you have a problem. OK, uh, you've given out too much change. If you have too much money in the drawer, you still have a problem because now you have cheated the customer out of the proper change. You didn't give proper change back to the customer. You kept too much money. So again, there has to be that that balance. We have to have to have to hit the zero percent level. In other words, it's got to be perfectly balanced in our emotions. Not too much. Not too little. Okay. So again, we've got to feel these emotions properly. Fire on both negative and pow and 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 positive for the machine to run right. Okay, so it's a monumental task. It's not done overnight. It took me years to get this done without the material and even more so when the material started coming out. And so here's a couple of of scriptures that I want to share with you to hopefully inspire you. Uh, The Bible says, again, as I mentioned earlier in James chapter two and verse number 10 in the King James Version, faith without works is dead. Okay, we need to be spiritual about this. We need we need to pray. We need to pray. We got to have God's help in order to guide our uh, or manage our emotions and guide them the right direction. We have to have God. Now, the the message version gives up a, a plain spoken and clear understanding of of what it means to have faith minus works in James chapter. 
2 and verse 14. Uh, and this is a little lengthy, but we're, we'll get to it uh, through 26 in the message version of the Bible. Here's here's uh, chapter or excuse me, verse 14 through 17. Dear friends, do you think you'll uh, you'll get away, uh, get anywhere in this if you learn the right words, but never do anything? Oh, hello. Does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has has it? For instance, you come up and uh, upon an old friend dressed in rags and half starved and say, good morning, friend, be clothed in Christ, be filled with the spirit and walk off without providing so much as a coat or a cup of soup. Where does that get you? Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? Wow. Verse 18 of the of James chapter uh, 2, I can already hear one of you agreeing by saying, sounds good. You take uh, care of the faith department and I'll handle the work department. Not so fast. You can no more show me your works apart from your faith than I can show you my faith apart from my works. Faith and works, works and faith fit together in uh, hand in glove. Verse 19 and 20. Use your heads. I love that. Use your heads. Do not suppose for a minute that you can cut faith and works in two and not end up with a corpse on your hands. So, ladies and gentlemen, for us to get where we're going and be where we need to be, we have to have faith in God. Like that like that pastor that day told me, son, go pray and everything will be all right. Well, I prayed and I, I wasn't all right because I was missing the other half. I got to put the works to it to be able to mingle it with my faith so that we can get where we need to go and be where we need to be. So let's, uh, let's get in a little deeper now. And, and I, one of the things about uh, one of the tricks, one of the hacks, as they say these days, is that, that you can do is self-talk. In other words, talk to yourself, tell yourself the truth, and stop lying to yourself. Often we say things from our our mouths, but in the back of our minds, we know we won't really do it, uh, do what we plan on doing. Lying to yourself is the behavior that you must discontinue, okay? Side note, real quick. Uh, as some of you may know, but our new listeners, I've lost 160 pounds just with healthy eating, smaller portions, exercise, no diets, no pills, no surgeries. A hypnotist that I was on a plane with, and I'm making this very, very long uh, story, very, very short because we're we're getting close on time. But I was sitting next to a hypnotist, and we got to telling each other our stories and where we've been and all of that stuff. And when she, you know, where you where you been? What? Da, 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 and I told her about my weight loss and all of that. And I said, so what does a hypnotist do? And she said, you, we do what you've already done by yourself. You went in and told yourself the truth and turned the emotional switch off to food and you was able to lose weight. 
And so again, folks, we've got to shut the switch off on some emotions that has is haunting us from the past. Okay. Now to begin, and I'm sure you're 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 tired of telling yourself that you cannot change. That's that's what a lot of people say. In fact, I just had somebody contact me on social media and says, look, I have a loved one that keeps telling me I can't control my emotions. That's a lie. You can control your emotions. Trust me, you're listening to a guy that's done it. Okay, so we keep telling ourselves lies and not truths. And we keep keep the emotion tied to that I cannot change. I, you know, I, I, I you know, there's a glitch in the video saying I cannot change my emotions. I cannot change my emotions. It's like that broken record. But I'm I'm telling you, you're I'm here. You're you can. All right. Now, listen, listen to some of the common lies that I've heard over the years uh, that people say, well, you know, I, I get this from my grandparents and I cannot change. You know, it's just it's just what my my grandpa used to this is how my grandfather used to handle business. And I just can't change this. It's born in me. You know, there's some truth to that. It, these emotions. Yes, they are hereditary, but you can change what you're doing. You don't have to be like your grandpa or your dad or your mom or your uncle, what whoever you want to use. The second one is an old Flip Wilson term. The devil made me do it. You know, if the devil get out of my life, well, he's not going to get out of your life. He's there. He's going to tempt you. That's what he does uh, until it's it's over. Okay. Number three, they provoked me to the point where I just snapped. Well, honestly, let me let me dispel that lie. They only provoked you to the point where you just snapped because you let them. You allowed them to do that. If you'll just stop allowing people to provoke you to the point where you just snapped, you won't be snapping. Trust me, again, I've lived this. Number four, it's just my personality. Oh, come on. You've got to have a better part personality than that. Tap into the loving side of your personality. The next one, number five, is my environment stresses me out, so I have to vent. Get over it. Yeah, okay, now there that's a lie, but there is a true factor in there. My environment stresses me out, so I have to vent. Get over it. That whole sentence there is a lie, but the part, so I have to vent, yes, you do have to vent, but you can learn how to vent in non-destructive ways. Go for a bike ride. Hang a punching bag in your basement. Do something constructive to vent the negative emotions so that you're not walking around destroying everything in your path, including vital relationships. Okay, number six, they're just oversensitive. <laughs> Do you realize that you probably are the oversensitive one? That what they really said wasn't really that bad? They weren't really poking at you? They did. In fact, they weren't even talking about you. You know, hey, use your own words. Get over it. So again, it's not. It's not about. Oh, that's a lie. Everybody has feelings. Everybody has emotions. And here's the here's the raw deal. Here, folks, we have to respect them. Number seven. If they love me, they will forgive me. Mm, boy. Okay. 
yeah, they love you. And yeah, they do have to forgive you, but don't, don't count on it. Okay. Let me tell you something. And, and again, I know this in my own life, you can have so many episodes of uncontrolled negative emotions where those people that love you dearly are going to take a step back because they can't take it anymore. They just can't. And so you, you, yeah, yeah, they're, they're going to still love you, but they're going to love you from a distance. And that loneliness is going to start creeping in. Number eight, it's the only way I can be in control. It's control in a negative aspect, folks. That's a lie. These are common lies that we, we tell ourselves to try to justify our negative outburst. So in reality, when we tell ourselves that we cannot change or we make up petty excuses why we cannot change and we get into the blame game, we actually deny ourselves the God-given right to change. So we have to start telling ourselves the right stuff. And in the last couple of minutes here, here's what we need to reverse the common lies and tell some positive truths. Okay, here we go. Number one, yes, my family does display anger, but I will be different. There's determination. Number two, the devil has been blamed long enough. It's time for me to be accountable. That's what you've got to tell yourself and identify to this, that I am accountable for all of my actions. No more blame game. Number three, they provoke me only because I allow them. Talked about it, touched on it already. This is changing right now. Number four, I do not like my personality when I hurt people. Understand that it's not their fault, it's yours. You're the one lashing out. You're the one talking negative. You're the one screaming and insulting and hurting people's feelings. That's the personality that you have. You got to change that personality. Number five, my circumstances are not my problem. Hmm. The problem is my reaction, and that is going to change. It's how, again, folks, I said this before, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to life. It's on you. Okay. Number seven, if they love me, I shouldn't expect them to forgive me. I can change my attitude first. Wow. All right. Number eight, I do not like my personality when I hurt people. Number nine, when I'm angry, I'm not really in control of anything. I've lost control. No more. Okay. Undeniably, we need to confront the beast in the basement and answer the real question of true identity. Rule number one, if you allow someone to emit a negative response from you or from you, then that person owns you. Uh Uh-oh. In other words, what they do, if that's all you can think about, if that's all that possesses your mind, how you're going to retaliate to them, how you're going to give them a piece of, they own you. They've got free rent in the space of your mind. 
So again, I never said, folks, we're out of time. I can't believe how fast our 30 minutes went by today. And I hope you come back next week and join us again for another great episode that we will be talking about uh, that it takes a team to control the beast. We're going to be diving in deeper into uh, vital relationships next Wednesday. So you want to make sure you get back here to truenorthdfw.org. And so again, folks, again, it's not going to be an easy road, but it can be a road that you can travel and you can improve. I want you to reach out to me in our website, again, truenorthdfw.org. Send me an email if you'd like to get together on a Zoom call or a talk a little bit. I'll be happy to coach you through a little tough time, give you some advice, or reach out to a friend, a loved one. Uh, That's what we're all about. And if you haven't yet, please go to amazon.com and do a search, Control the Beast, Ed Snyder. Purchase a copy of this book. Read it through. I promise you with everything, the feedback that we're getting, all the positive comments that the content will be a blessing to you. Until next Wednesday, God bless and have a great week on purpose. Thank you for joining us at True North Podcast. You can find us on iHeartRadio or any other podcasting platform. If you want to have any questions, visit us at truenorthdfw.org. We'll catch y'all next week.